Hello, and welcome to our podcast, The Magical Holistic Healing Arts, where we interview different practitioners from all kinds of modalities to learn greater ways to take care of our sacred body and have health, better health and beauty. Have you ever heard of Kangen Water? We are proud distributors of this life-changing elixir. Change your water, change your life. Their philosophy is based on three basic truth health principles. Our purpose is to spread these truths throughout the world via pure, healthy drinking water and exciting business and personal growth opportunities. And these truths are revitalizing your true mental health, revitalizing your true physical health, and revitalizing your true financial health. So if you have any interest in Kangen Water, check out the awesome links below. Today we have Alyssa Martin, who is an intuitive life coach and vocal coach. And I'm gonna really let her explain all of her magic. So Alyssa, what is your magical art? Hey girls, it's so great to see you. Thanks for having me. Um, so I love to teach people how to use their voice, whether it is in my life coaching um, or vocal lessons. So sometimes, uh, and I, I see women and teenage girls mostly. So people might come and, you know, it may be someone that's later in life and they've been a mother and they've given, 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 and now they're trying to say, what is it that I want? And they need to really uh, learn to listen to their intuitive voice. So I help people, I coach them about their intuition, how to turn up that voice. Because sometimes they're just lost and like, okay, now I have this time to be me. Who is me? <laughs> mm -hmm. So we'll really dive into who they are, what their passions are, what they believe in strongly to connect them with their purpose. Um, so I love to do that. So that's kind of like the, uh, when a woman is, you know, in the older years and has not that old, but has, you know, their kids are grown up um, and they're really starting to connect with who they are. And then um, that same kind of like identity crisis happens for the younger ones too. So it's like really, I'll, I love to be like a guide to what I say, like the mystical things in life. So we get so caught up in like what we should do and what we think we should do or like what society says we should do. Um, and we'll talk about that more when we get into, I think we're going to talk about my journey too, right? So I did a lot of that, <laughs> what I thought I should do. And then you end up like, okay, well, I still feel empty somewhere. Something doesn't feel right. I did everything I was supposed to do, or I tried at least. And where, why am I, like, I need something more. Like, it's that something more and identifying that, and it's different for everyone. Um, sometimes it's a little shift that we'll make and sometimes it's a big one and, and someone's got a big, huge purpose that they've been sitting on, you know, they want to do a lot of good in the world and they want to really affect more people. Um, and so we'll tap into, I'll help them tap into where do you get that courage from? Um, and then on the vocal side of it, I'm really more of an emotional vocal coach is how I tell my students. So um, 
although I do t uh, uh, a lot of technical work. I'm not the coach that's going to sit there and be like, okay, I need you to stand up correctly and use proper diction. And, um, you know, uh, let's make sure that your vocal folds are, you know, uh, more like, here's what it feels like in your body. Like, where are you feeling that note right now? Okay, let's see if you can relax your throat, you know, a lot of it, it's so cool. A lot of it, I know, uh, Lynn, you're a big meditator and you get into that. So funny how there's a lot of overlap between uh, vocal technique and meditation breath work. So a lot of my students, the first thing we're doing is we're doing breath work and connecting you to your diaphragmatic breathing and just really coming into the present moment, into that space. And now you can be the conduit for the amazing magical voice that you have that wants to come through. So how's that? <laughs> that is beautiful. Yes. And you know what? I love that you work with teens because mm -hmm. um, I think that's a huge market and they're different than we were as teens, obviously evolution, but I think there's a huge evolutionary leap now that was different perhaps than you know a lot of other generations i don't know what yeah you... no i completely agree i mean having well it's the technology and the internet has allowed us to know what breath work is what meditation is and allows the teens to reach out for those things more easily than you know with just their parents teaching them these techniques so <laughs> i <laughs> i love breath work i think that's such a beautiful way to to remind people to tap into their voice that way because it is all about, yeah, the chi, the breath, and the diaphragm, which then leads to your voice. <laughs> so how did you get along this little journey of mystic? <laughs> well, I was born singing. I mean, I just, it was, you know, some people, I've been asked before, did you always know you could sing? Um, yes, absolutely. Like, I came out and I was like, where you know, like, where's this place I'm going to be singing? And yet I was so super shy, so super shy. Um, and, you know, later in life, I'm um, 48 now. Um, I now know what an empath is. And like you were saying, like, you can uh, look anything up on the internet. So sometimes I'll, I'll have a session with a student. I'm like, you know, you may want to go home and like, Google empath and let's talk about it next week. And they'll be like, oh my God, it nailed me, right? Like you, you had me to a T. I'm like, I know. <laughs> but there was nothing like that. When I was young, you were shy or whatever. You know, there wasn't this highly sensitive person. And so for me, it was a lot of struggle with what's wrong with you? You want to sing and yet, you know, there's, my mom recorded me when I was little and I said, no one is to hear this. I was singing hopelessly devoted to you. No one is to hear this. And she played it for my aunt and I was upstairs as a little girl, maybe like six or seven, whenever Grease came out and uh, the movie. And I tore ass downstairs. I ejected that cassette and I ripped it. I was like, how dare you? <laughs> I wish I had that cassette, but I felt betrayed anyway. I was, I was that shy and I didn't really understand. And now I know it's all about the energy coming at you 
like the energy of an audience um, can, when you're focused on um, self-criticism, that is what you'll feel coming at you and it'll make you feel so self-conscious. Where do I put my hand while I'm singing? Uh, you know, like what, I'm not dancing like, you know, Britney Spears, like who am I like on this stage? So it feels so strange. And when you're not used to having healthy, supportive, self-loving thoughts, it, it can feel like a nightmare, you know, wanting to like give a gift and not like ever want to do it in public. How do you, how do you do that? And with the internet now, a lot of people can do that. They can sit in their computer and YouTube and then put it out there or whatever. Even then you have your critics. But so, so I just, um, you know, I, I did a lot of um, self-deprecating things in my life. Um, um, a lot of things that a singer wouldn't normally do for their throat. <laughs> um, um, just a lot of like little tiny incremental steps all through the years of, of coming out of, of the self. Um, you know, it feels weird to say self-hatred, but there was definitely some of that going on. You know, I don't know that it was, um, I definitely had suicidal thoughts as a teenager. Um, I never attempted anything, but um had a nice stable home and everything and I definitely was loved so I was really blessed for that um but not so much understood loved not so much understood you know so um no one really to guide me to say like oh this is why you're feeling this way not so much of that um, so I really had to figure it out all myself so that when I did and like got a hold of people like um you know, awesome teachers like Marianne Williamson and Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer and Mike Dooley and I could go on. All these ones that, and uh, the Indian mystics too. I, I revere Osho, even though he's not a perfect person um, or wasn't, you know, nobody is. Um, but these Indian mystics uh, and the Yoga Sutras and everything, it, the more I got into all that stuff and just started to realize, you know, we all are unique and different and that's good. We don't want to be like everybody else and you can feel safe just by thinking safe thoughts and like affirmations are huge to me. They just are like rewiring your brain and thinking, implanting positive thoughts when you can't do it on your own. There's literally many times in my life where I couldn't think a happy thought on my own. I didn't know how to do that. So I would listen to the guided meditations and be like, oh, that feels good. I could feel my throat relax and I could feel my stomach relax. And I just, um, it really taught me the path of self-love. And even though when I was younger, that sounded so fluffy. <laughs> when I saw Louise Hayes' book, because I was into Alice Cooper and like, you know, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. I, I saw Louise Hayes' book because my sister went through some things and there it was in the house and it had a rainbow heart. It's like, oh, that's so, you know, frilly. And I was just, you know, it, it felt good at the time to be kind of sorrowful and sad. It, it felt good, bad, you know. So coming out of that, 
um, long journey and just really taking myself through all the steps and then going, you know, if we all had this information when we were younger, oh. <laughs> and so just really coming from a place now where I, I wish I could just like take some of these thoughts and like implant them in these young ones, be like, you're going to be okay. And you're awesome. And you're perfect. And so I kind of like sit back and do it little by little because <laughs> yeah. I can't implant it. So, <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I, it's so funny because in all of these, most of our journeys were something, you know, your message, your message mm -hmm. and you, you know, you being someone who can sing and we're afraid to use your voice. I mean, that's like a, that's big, but like we're, a lot of us are afraid to use our voice. You know, just even to say, no, that pisses me off, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, we, we stuff down, you know, so much of what we really think and feel and we're not in environments or taught, especially women. I was say, especially women, I feel like are, it's really hard for us to voice our opinions or our voice in general, especially even though we are taking care of everything. <laughs> I agree. It's like that whole taking up space. Are you allowed to take up space? Are you allowed to have a contrary opinion? And, you know, even with myself, like, um, sometimes if I have a contrary opinion, I feel myself get tense. And then I'll, I'm like, well, you're being very defense. Like, I'll feel, I'll tune into that I'm being defensive. I'm like, you don't have to be on the defensive to say, oh, I, I feel differently. It's like a big freaking deal, you know, sometimes we build it up in our head. And with that self-criticism I had, um, and still had, it's an ongoing journey, right? You know, um, but uh, when it was, you know, really peaking high and everything, um, there are times when I would mute myself just because I was like, I don't know what to say here. I really don't know what to say here because I don't think what you're thinking or what you're saying, like, I don't agree with it or here's a story. So like, even in a business meeting, I spent a lot of time working in the corporate world. There go the shoulds. They definitely served me. I learned so much. I have, I am like able to do so many things today that I wouldn't have been able to do if I hadn't gone through that corporate experience. Um, tons of friends from it, great people. So I won't knock it at all. It was my path and it definitely served me well, but, um, it was kind of trying to fit like that. What's the, what's the expression, a square peg into a circle. Round hole. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, I felt like stifled a lot with what I wanted to share. And, um, I remember being in a meeting once and it was like, oh, everybody share your opinions, how you feel about this thing. And I literally was like, oh, yeah, that sounds good to me. And then later I had like a one-on-one -on -one with my boss and I was like, I am not okay with, like, it doesn't make sense to me. What are we doing this change for or whatever? And they were like, well, why didn't you say anything at the table? I'm like, because I was like still digesting my thoughts and I didn't know what else to say. I said. Alyssa, 
you could have said, I'm still digesting my thoughts. Can, I don't know what I want to share right now. Could I have a little more time, please? I was like, oh, you can do that in life? <laughs> you can actually say what you're thinking? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, it was like a light bulb went off. Yeah, I wonder, you know, it's funny because, I mean, it's that simple. And what makes us think that we can't? I guess our, like you were saying, the environment, like you were saying in the beginning, mm. the energy coming at you, if you have a sense of criticism, you know what? We're looking at the world that way and we're, that energy is what we're focused on. Mm -hmm. That fear, right? Like what what's going to happen. And sometimes we don't play that. And this is my job as a life coach. I see, um, you know, I tap into the fear that they have. And one of the biggest teachings I ever learned that I love to share is that there's only two things. There's only fear and love. And we think we have like all these different emotions, but if you boil them all down, distill them down, or, you know, whatever the scientific term is, you will have only fear and love and everything can be traced back to either one of them. And then even fear, once you boil that down, can be traced back to love. So for instance, you love yourself, even if it's only a little bit. So therefore you fear the criticism, you know, because you're protecting something. Um, and so my job, I feel like, is to teach that concept and then kind of take the person, let's, let's unpack it. What, what are you afraid is going to happen here? Like what, let's play it. Cause if you're going to play, if you're going to let fear have an opinion, let's get that out. Let's get it on the table. And then let's let love talk too. Cause if fear would say, you know, in the situation I gave, um, they're going to say, Alyssa's is stupid. Why does she need to think about it? Everybody else was able to say something like all this other crap that could, I could have been thinking. I don't know. It's a long time ago. <laughs> but the good part of it could have been like other people were sitting there having the same doubts. And if I said something, maybe they could say something too and feel really good about it and just be like, yeah, we all need to like, what's going on here? We all need to kind of ask more questions or analyze this deeper. Um, or maybe they'll, they'll start revering me as, wow, she's a deep thinker. You know, I didn't know that about her. Like, just let love talk too. I like that. That's a really lovely way. I never heard it put that way. Mm -hmm. um, whenever you're having an issue to really just give up your fear and then give up your love. It's kind of like the pro-con list on a logical level <laughs> on a more like higher more beautiful yeah. level mm -hmm. you know so cool. yeah i like that i like that yeah. <laughs> i like that you're so bubbly and positive and can you tell you know yeah so mm -hmm. was there a obviously we all have an essence in a certain way but were there practices that brought mm -hmm. you you know to <sighs> Expressing that fully, your excitement and joy? Yeah, big time. I mean, you know, people who meet me now, I, I've actually been told, oh, well, it's easy for you to be happy. And I just, I'm like, okay, all right, well, that's, I guess, uh, 
I should take that as a compliment because like you've come a long way, baby, that type of thing. Um, but I think like, you know, I've pretty much always tried to appear one way on the outside. I got a lot of practice from, I have a, uh, one side of my family is very ex emotionally expressive in a loving way. We hold hands when we talk to each other. Like even my cousins, you know, it came from like my, my grandmother who lived to 103, Grandma Dolly. And she's like the saint of the family. We all just like, we revered her so much and still do. Um, and like, she would hold your hand and tell you how much she loved you and what was great about you. Like she was your soft place to land. Um, and when I would get really, really depressed because, um, I'll reveal something here. My other grandmother, my maternal grandmother, um, killed herself when I was 12 and I was unaware, or I'm sorry, when I was six and I was unaware, I just knew she was sick and she died. And when I was 12 going through all these like massive hormonal changes and depression and it's when I started journaling and it's when I started, I wrote out, I wrote out a will uh, that's when I found out she committed suicide. <laughs> so I was like, oh, is that where I'm heading? I, and I had a lot of fear about that. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be mentally ill. I'm, I'm going to have a mental illness. I'm right now I am working on a mental illness. <laughs> like I really gave myself a lot of fear about that. Um, and it just at those times it was so helpful to know that I had Grandma Dolly's blood going through me as well. I was like, okay, you've got her blood too. Let's like, there's something, there's some trick that she knows. Um, and the trick that she knew was uh, people called her a Pollyanna and she did not give a crap. You know what? It was intentional. And that was a ninja move. Or someone who grew up during the depression I mean or who you know was a uh, teen and all during like World War one and just like she was an amazing person so I always have her uh, in my heart and then my father in inherited a lot of her like lovely loving attitudes um, but as far as like how did I how do I get that in my life um, it was really, I mean, there's, I can just think of different turning points throughout my life, just really, and some, you know, my rock bottom's different than other people's rock bottoms. You know, I didn't end up in a, you know, uh, on the street, you know, I didn't end up that way, but I, ha I did have times where, you know, um, I was in, I was in trouble, you know, like I did meth for a year, I smoked it. And uh, when I came out of that, I was just like, what have you done? Like, and what, wh where do we go from here? I, it, it, it's a tough drug because when you come off of it, that false high that you have, you can no longer um, generate a natural high, a, a natural get up and go, let's say. It's like when you quit coffee, let's say, 
and you're like, oh, for a little while. It's just like, I have no get up and go without my coffee. You know, it's like kind of that, but like to a larger degree, because you're also poisoning yourself with what God knows what else they're putting in there. So when I came off of that, I went into a depression and I couldn't, like I said, get um, do the get up and go. And I found myself with a great practitioner who, um, who practiced EMDR on me or I, I used EMDR and it was an amazing practice for getting like the right and the left brain moving together now and just uh, also coming up with, he would take me through like little meditations. I didn't know it was meditation though. He would ask me a question. He's like, just listen to the, the things that were vibrating. It would go vibrated in my left hand, then it would vibrate in my right hand. And then um, he was like, okay, now what are you thinking? And I would tell him by the end of each session, I would come up with these positive thoughts like about my life. And I thought, I just want to see him forever. But he's like, Alyssa, I can't be your spiritual teacher. <laughs> like you need to go, you know, like on your own path. Cause he was a psychologist <laughs> or a psychiatrist. <laughs> and so I was like, oh man, but I like learning spiritual stuff from him. So that's what I did. I, then I started reading Marianne Williamson, who then led me to Louise, who Louise Hay to me is like one of my gurus. I took her training so that I can now I'm certified to teach her work and life coach uh, through her methods. And um, what Louise did for me was um, really connecting the dots between, you know, you have your brain and your thoughts, but then there's also the watcher that's listening to your thoughts and actually your thoughts and what you hear like, oh, I need to brush my teeth or I need to go, you know, what's for lunch? All that stuff is not you. And I always thought it was. And so she really helped me go, okay, your mind is a tool. So like I, the way I say it is the you above you now can decide how do you want to use that tool? And it opened up a new world for me just to, to understand. And then again, that fear versus love, that was a huge game changer for me. Um, so just like studying and a lot of practice. There were times where I listened to Louise's morning and evening meditations uh, as if it was under first aid. You know, I listened to it all the time. So it really helped rewire my brain. Well, I just want to say, first off, thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing your experience with our listeners and with us to really show your path and who, how you became through all of these hardships. I mean, it is a beautiful process. And if we remember to stay focused and to learn and to better ourselves, then there's nothing that can hold us back. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I love that, you know what, people think, you know, like you said, they think, oh, well, you have no, so often the greatest people that can inspire, you know, I was taught by shaman and they were like, when you teach from experience, you will be such a phenomenal teacher because you're sharing, I was here, I did this, and this is what happened to me. And then it's an energetic mm. wake up. And so because that's why you're an energetic, bright wake up for people. But you only can do that after perhaps you've gone to where you were the other way. Mm -hmm. 
So you can see both ends. And I think we forget that. You know, we think, oh, they're just always happy. You know, I work on my vibe every day. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's it's work. And then it becomes a good habit. <laughs> well, it's play That's too. Exactly. You know, but I mean, there's times where, like you said, yeah. you know what? You're just like, oh, really? And you listen to a ton of tapes. So it's important that we, it's a journey. And I think people just think with a pop culture. Mm-hmm. We're just suddenly... Well, it's like if you go on a road trip, you might get a flat tire. It's not the end of the road trip. It's just one part of the journey. Like, you can still keep going. You can still fix the problem and continue to have a great time. That doesn't mean it's over and the world's ended. (laughs) (laughs) But we do that way, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I love the voices because um, I think voice is really huge right now and sound and frequency and people are starting to understand that more. Yeah, it takes a lot of courage for some people to, well, for all of us, you know, but like you said, it's a practice and then eventually you get used to being courageous and it doesn't even feel like that anymore. You're just like... I'm going to say it like, what's the big deal, you know, but it's, it's practice. But for a lot of people, it is a big deal. Um, You know, like you said, being vulnerable, it's like, well, what, and a lot of that comes from what will other people think, you know, and you know what, it's none of my business. I love how Wayne Dyer, I think was like, it's what other, what you think of me is none of my business. (laughs) And it's just like, you know, really, um, you know, one of the things I'll tell my students, too, is the audience is on your side. They don't want you to screw up. They don't want an awkward feeling for everybody, <laughs> you know? It's like they want you to do a good job. They want to vibe with you. You know, they want to – so, like, they're not looking f- to pick on you or what you're doing wrong, you know? Just kind of, like, trust – it's a lot about trusting that – you're going to be loved. Um, I have an affirmation from Louise, which is, I think, the more I am myself, the more I am loved. And that was like a big one for me, too, is I was like, what? thought I have to, like, fit into what you want me. That's another. Th- okay, this is a big one for empaths. You can clearly feel what people want from you. Mm. Absol- like 100% louder than your own voice it's loud and clear to an empath i know what you want me to say i know who you want me to be and guess what i'm really good at it really good at it so that when i start to understand that and i understand that i have a choice now to let you down um yee because now i know i can feel what you feel when you feel bad or you feel let down i almost actually feel worse <laughs> you know? but is that bad? Like, you know, that, that feeling it's temporary. You're going to get through it. Go ahead and let someone down, go ahead and say what you are and trust that it's going to work out. Trust that you'll be loved. It's like big part of that. It is. And I think it's really great because empathic awareness is around now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we didn't know what, what it was. You just right. thought you were like, blending and melding for me it's been such a great education to know myself from other people Mm -hmm. and you know I always look at it like put myself in the circle 
because I can go into an environment and if it's unpeaceful, I can make harmony. But oftentimes I do it at my own cost where I could just be like another person and have all of us harmonize. Not everybody except me. But you don't know, you don't even know you're doing it. So that's why I love that you're working with younger and I've always loved that younger. I love with my daughter um, because you can get that earlier on and they're not, you know, I don't know. It took me, I, I've always been into spirituality, but to understand the empath, but it wasn't out there. So everything happens perfectly, mm-hmm. but I love that we can help people now because I do think a lot of drug addictions and a lot of drinking and a lot of that comes from just people with their sixth sense turned on. Yeah. I love that you said that. Cause I, it, yeah, you'll, it's like you're a shock absorber. You'll absorb it for everybody else at your own cost, like to, to keep the peace. Right. You know, and yeah, I love that you pointed that out. Yeah. Well, where can people find you, Alyssa, if they want to get in contact? Yeah. So it's funny. I would be like before this whole, um, quarantine thing I'd be like yeah here's one set of things but now okay come see me online (laughs) um so uh every Monday I do um meditation from 9 30 to 10 30 a.m eastern and that can be found at airmidwellness.com um it's live but you'll find the login information there it is also pay what you can afford at the moment um Airmid's a beautiful wellness center and counseling center in Warminster, Pennsylvania. But again, right now, everything's online. Um, so that's from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. on Mondays. And then at 10.45, we shift into um, a women's intuitive empowerment group. So it's every Monday, 10.45 to noon. We do a little meditation. We do reflection on some like big important works that I've read that were important to me. Like I said, maybe I'll read something from a mystic and we'll just kind of like, what does each person feel about it? Um, journal about it. We'll do other intuitive exercises and sharing from the heart. So that's every Monday as well. And that's women and the, anyone can come to the meditation, men, women, teens, um, And then I do a variety of other classes. So you can always check me out on Facebook under um, Alyssa Martin, the happy mystic. And um, I'll try to keep that updated with my events as well as I have a website, Alyssa Ohm. So A-L-Y-S-S-A and then O-M.com. I have events and stuff on there and a way to get a hold of me if you want uh, private coaching as well. Fabulous. Awesome. Well, do you have any last messages for our listeners today before we close this episode? Uh, yeah. So basically you're awesome. (laughs) And if you don't know it, try to figure out why you don't know it because everybody is so precious and it always cracks me up when people get pregnant and they start to make different choices. (laughs) Like you are precious cargo. Like you are precious right now. Um, So take care of yourself right now. And if, again, if you don't know why um, start to think about it and um, reach out to 
to your healing community, whoever that may be, and uh, or read some books and take some classes. And there's plenty of things going on right now. So figure it out because you're pretty awesome. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful ending to say. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for being with us, Alyssa. So much. Thank you for the opportunity. I love being with you ladies. You're like glowing and radiant, sparkly, all of it. Well, I love Alyssa and I love her bright, silly, um, fun, so much of my kind of energy person. And I just always, um, even when I was in Pennsylvania, tried to connect with her many times because I love the thought of helping teenagers and youth and you know we we just never got to get a project together and i love that she is supporting that group as well as women yeah i mean again like we said the whole episode if teenagers have this person to come to this guidance that wasn't given to them by their parents like our whole paradigm can shift a lot faster and easier and she is doing such magic in this world and she is she's such a bubbly soul that I would love to have be her friend and have her in my life because she is just happy and as she was so vulnerable and honest in our podcast it takes work to get to that place and but it doesn't have to be hard and annoying I mean it might be it sometimes but that's part of the journey for everyone. We all have our ups and downs. Yeah, we all have a challenging journey. And it really is a ton about our voice. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a great thing for us to, that now there's going to be more people sharing how to use our voice, our vibration, our frequency, all of that. Because it's something that we just didn't really learn how to be honest. And then I think we kind of get a little self we, we aren't honest to ourselves too, sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you haven't heard episode 11 with Stuart Pierce also about the voice, you should go check it out. They definitely are on the same vibration of helping people find the sound of their soul and to use your voice no matter if it's for your emotions or your opinions or just being your truth and your authentic self. So it was lovely having Alyssa today. Yep, and if you need to find any information to use her as your own personal coach, which Erica already came up with a friend that she thinks would totally blend and learn a lot, um, or any of her classes, all of her information is below in our show notes, and you can get in touch with her. Yes, so if you like today's episode, give us a like, subscribe, share it with your friends and family if you think it would help anybody in this moment. And we'd love to hear from all of our listeners. And we appreciate you giving us your time and your presence and your energy with our podcast. And we will catch you next episode.